He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. We're the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Remember, Golf Oklahoma has the big-time edition coming out for the Senior PGA Championship. Senior PGA being played at Southern Hills here in just a couple of months. We are fired up for that, and we are fired up for today's guest on the show. We are joined by an Oklahoma golf legend. Scott Verplank is with us today. Scott, how you doing? Glad you could be with us. I'm doing great, guys. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're glad we can make it happen. And Scott, I want to start uh, back in the 80s with your amateur career because I'm doing my research this morning just to, to touch up on everything. And you really had one of the best amateur careers uh, maybe in the history of golf whenever you look at the 1983 NCAA championship team at Oklahoma State. You won the 1984 USAM. In 1985, you were on the winning Walker Cup team. And you won a PGA Tour event, one of only two amateurs to win on the PGA Tour since 1956. And then in 1986, you were the NCAA individual champion. So just listing off those accomplishments there what was it like for you to have so much success in the game of golf at such a young age um oh it was just horrible no (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding um no listen it was great you know what i i came from uh dallas and was you know was my whole family went to university of texas and my dad played baseball at texas and i grew up a, a longhorn fan and and all that stuff and and uh Came up and visited Oklahoma State and just realized at that time that, that they had the guys on the team and the tradition of winning that I was all about. So um, that's why I went to Oklahoma State and I, and I basically came up here to, to try to, you know, make my, do the things I had to do to make my way to the tour and be a professional golfer. So, um, you know, looking back that was a good decision and that kind of set me on the track to really uh, you know make some hay as a as an amateur player you know scott um when colby mentioned the walker cup in 1985 um and obviously this year uh from our club at oak tree national we have austin ekro and quade cummins uh speak a little bit to that experience in 1985 obviously you guys won uh with the u.s team um what are those guys in for with the walker cup experience and uh what do you what are your memories from that um well it's it's a, a tremendous highlight as an amateur player um you know to represent your country i've always been uh you know very patriotic i guess and and always really appreciated uh representing the united states um always took a lot of pride in it and i have actually talked to both of those young men um and have kind of just told them how much fun it's going to be and they're and they're actually they're playing at seminole uh, golf club down in jupiter florida i'm actually going down there tomorrow um, but it, it'll be a, it'll be an unbelievable experience for them. Seminole's awesome. It's always great to team up with your buddies, um, you know, wear the red, white, and blue. Um, and I, I think, uh, Austin and Quaid will both, they'll play great and they'll have a great time. 
Right, and when we talk about Austin and Quaid, they're also up there in the uh, PGA Tour U rankings. Um, when I when I look back at your career, obviously you won the Western Open in '85, but then retained your amateur status uh, after that. You know, I, I was just wondering, um, what are your thoughts, kind of, on the PGA Tour U, and would that have um, helped you, you know, in your in your career coming out of college? You know, I, I was just wondering, uh, you know with this new uh, system, obviously these guys can have full status on the corn ferry and the McKinsey tour, you know, like it, where would that have helped you or helped some of your buddies uh, from OSU back in the day? Uh, well, me personally, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to win the Western open. So I, I was already exempt um, on the tour when I, when I left college. That, that now, was one of my questions, Scott, cause I didn't know, you know since you retained your AM status, if they, if they obviously, or if they well, accept you anyways. So I did that purely because I wanted to go back for my senior year of college, um, try to win another team, uh, national championship. And I, you know, I just, I just kind of, I loved being there and I was the, the big deal. Um, as compared to today is, is the money, right? You know, that the, the money, you know, the purses were smaller, obviously. I think it would, I think it was 90,000 for first place, which was a lot of money in 1985, but it wasn't like 2.7 million that, that <laughs> yeah, Justin JT Thomas won, won a couple, yeah, won a couple of days ago. Um, so, you know, the guarantees, um, you know, they were, they were good. Um, I can't even remember the exact, but it was more like, it was more like $250,000 or something was kind of the guarantee. Now, if, if, a if a kid, uh, had my career and then won the Western open that, you know, in between his junior and senior year, I'd turn pro in a heartbeat because the deal would be about 25 million yeah. guaranteed. Right, two hundred and fifty million, two hundred and fifty thousand is a lot of money, but it's nowhere near twenty five million. That's a good point. Exactly. So, the, it, and I just felt like you know what, I wasn't playing for the money anyway. I was playing to see how good I could get, and I figured that uh, God willing, I would be able to play for quite a long time. And I, I have. I've had a lot of ups and downs, health wise, and other things. But I, I have. I've, you know, I've been a professional golfer for 35 years so um you know i have no regrets about that and i wanted to go back and listen you only have one senior year of college right um and you know i didn't want to miss that and and i'm glad i didn't yeah yeah exactly scott you know just like you said we all we all get involved in the game because because we love it you know and it's just how far can you take that that talent with you and you've been able to do it better than most of anyone out there scott i mean look looking at your record you've been on because you mentioned earlier how much pride it is to wear the red white and blue um to represent your country and you were on if i'm not mistaken two Ryder cup teams and two president's cup teams which is the the list of people to be on four um team events is probably so small very small very limited amount of people so what um um, kind of talk about your experiences going through that. Um, I remember, I don't know if it's still up there, but up at the Oak Tree National Pro Shop, I saw one of your Ryder Cup bags used to be up there, which is a really cool thing to see. And um, so just kind of dive into your experiences there and how cool it was to be in those team events. Um, th those are the best events in golf. The Ryder Cup is, is you know, is, is the Super Bowl or the World Series or, you know, Game 7 of the World Series. Um, it's, the, it's just the, one of the coolest sporting events not just golf, just 
just as a sporting event, it's just phenomenal. You know, hopefully we'll get all our general health and everything back to normal where, where people can go to the events like that because the crowds are what make uh, Ryder Cups in particular uh, such a great event. It's just a blast. Um, and those weeks as a player are really the best weeks that you'll ever have, um, at least to me, in, in, in as a professional because you are playing for your country. You're playing with your you know, best 10 buddies on the tour. Um, and you, you know, I got to put in the president's cups. Jack Nicholas was the captain both times. Obviously I grew up idolizing Jack Nicholas, um, like everybody my age did. And that was just an honor for me to even, you know, to be in the room with him for dinner every night, much less have him be the captain of the team. Um, so that, you know, because of that, I've had a great lifelong friendship with, with Mr. Nicholas and Barbara Nicholas. So, you know, I, I cherish that. But um, all the players that you play with and all that, you get to know everybody a lot better because you're all hanging out together, uh, pulling for each other, you know, playing ping pong, eating dinner, watching movies, whatever, you know, just whatever. Um, so those are great, like, fraternity weeks. And you uh, – for the players and their wives. So those are really the, those are really the most fun things you'll ever do as a pro. In my opinion, I, I just, I just enjoyed it immensely. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you mentioned the Ryder Cup fans, and both the Ryder Cups that you played in were in Europe. In 2002, it was in England. In 2006, it was in Ireland. So I'm curious, from a general perspective, how were the fans like over there for Ryder Cups? I also want to know, in 2006, you became the first American to make a hole-in-one in a Ryder Cup, and I'm curious what the European fans' what reaction was when that ball went in the hole. Uh, well, it was it was good. You know what, listen, I, I enjoyed uh, – I, want, I wish I would have played in, in the United States and won. I did get to uh, be part of the captain squad, assistant captain, uh, the first time Davis Love was the captain. So, And that was at, in Chicago at Medina, which unbelievably somehow we ended up losing at the very end. But, the, but just the crowds were amazing there too. But the crowds in Europe are, are great. They're, they're cool, and that's what makes it great. You're going on the road you're playing an away game and the best thing you can do is get the, get the crowd to quiet down. <laughs> right. You know? Yep. So, uh, I enjoy, I, I love, like I said, I loved it. I, I could not have had more fun and I played, uh, some of my best golf in all those, particularly the Ryder cups. Um, just cause I was just so on cloud nine being there and it was, it was so much fun that I didn't, it, I didn't have time to get nervous. I just thought it was so cool and so much fun that I just, I just ate it up and, and, you know, and fortunately played really good in the ones that I played in. That's just awesome. And, and you mentioned uh, not only playing, but you were also a vice captain for a couple of Ryder Cups. And, and I know that the captain this year is Steve Stricker, and that's uh, one of your buddies. Uh, how do you think Strick will do as a captain, and have you kind of talked to him about it? Um, and I know you all played some golf out in Arizona. His game's almost – he could maybe pick himself. I mean, my goodness, he's playing so good. But, no, anyways, I was just wondering your thoughts on Strick. Oh. Listen, he is uh, one of the finest human beings you'll ever 
encounter on this planet. And I, I've been lucky enough to be uh, longtime friends with him. And we're actually very, very close friends, um, particularly in the last 20 years. We just uh, do a lot of play a lot together, have dinners together. I stay at his house um, when, I, when we play in his little tournament up in Madison. Uh, we stayed. We stayed together on the road. I love his wife and his girls, and they love me. Last they told me. <laughs> um, so and their dog. Yep. Yeah. What Chevy and uh, what's the other one? Chevy and God, I can't remember. Gunner. Gunner and <laughs> I, Chevy. I'm glad yeah. you threw the dogs in yeah. there. We can't ever exclude the dogs. Yeah. If you if you get on the, the dog, dogs' the good dogs side, you're great. a good man. <laughs> the dogs are great. They they come down and sleep in my room. I sleep down in the basement at the Strickers in their in their. Uh, University of Wisconsin, uh, Bucky the Badger room. <laughs> it's got all Wisconsin stuff everywhere, and the dogs both end up sleeping in bed with me every time. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, my yeah, God. so it's great. So I love going. I love going to the Strix tournament. I was so disappointed last year when when uh, everything got canceled. So we're, we're, I think we're going to get to go back up there this year, so I'll look forward to that. But listen, Strix is so well-respected, and obviously he's 54 years old now, and heck, he finished fourth at, at – Phoenix and I, I talked to him right when it was over and he was so disappointed that he didn't win. And I was like, I'm disappointed he didn't win too, but I'm even more impressed that you, you were just that awesome. I mean, he played great. Yeah, he really so, did. So, yeah, he was, he was lights out on, uh, I mean, looked like he was putting into a five gallon bucket there for a little bit. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's what he does. So he's, uh, he can still play and it, it's good for him. I mean, I think it's good for his game that he's, he's, working on playing out there because he needs to see all the all the younger guys playing and uh but they all respect he's highly respected and they respect his golf game as well heck he might beat him if they if they smart off to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly might light so, a fire in his fuse and being and listen being at whistling straights in wisconsin he is a you know he's paul bunyan in wisconsin yeah. He is a he's a he's a local legend, statewide legend, and he's such a good person and such a good guy that he's got no detractors. So um, hopefully, for his sake and for our team's sake, they'll get at least fifty percent crowd. Hopefully, they'll get above that because it'll make a big difference. Um, and it's just like I said, it's just, if you ever get a chance to go to one, it's just one of the greatest sporting events you'll ever you'll ever encounter. Yeah, exactly. You know, I didn't even think about that, Scott, with uh, Stricker being from Wisconsin and being up at Whistling Straits. That'll, that'll, that'll definitely pump up the crowd a little bit more if we're able to get fans, which I sure hope that we can. And, um, you know, bringing up Stricker brings back to really what he's best known for besides his wedge game is his putting. And, you know, growing up watching you play, Scott, one thing that I would always catch my eye would be the uh, the old ping answer wrapped in gauze tape um, with around the grip. So kind of uh, dive into mm-hmm. how, how that uh, how that baby got in the bag and, and why did and why did it stay in uh, – why did it stay in play for so long well it's this is a happy and sad story um i started you know what i always used an oversized grip on my putter even when i was a little kid you know maybe i was 11 12 13 years old um they should actually pay me royalty on this super stroke or whatever (laughs) grip that everybody uses now i used to get i used to have a putter with the regular rubber grip and then i'd wrap one of those leather wraps around it so it'd make it about you know five times as fat because it neutralized your hands on the putter and I always did that and then when I went to college um, <clears throat> Willie Wood used to have a little bit of gauze tape under his left hand on his putter 
And I saw that and I was tired of wrapping my putter grip and in, in uh, leather because it was kind of a pain, you know, as you had to wrap it and it would, un, you know, it unravel and get all sloppy. So I bought some gauze tape and that was kind of, that's where the gauze tape legend began. Um, and I just started wrapping my putter because I wanted the grip fatter. And, you know, back in, I mean, that was the stone ages, man. They didn't make, they didn't have these big old fat grips like they do now. Um, but that, but that's really what I did. And and gauze tape was the most reliable, consistent tape, um, to put on the putter and it didn't change its feel. You know, and I change it every couple of weeks, but, um, it it wouldn't change its feel. So I, I just always used it and, but, and I used it on that king putter forever and ever and always, Tried to tried to switch for thirty years and kept coming back. I'd always kind of come back to that putter just because I I I knew it. I know it so well. But a couple of years ago, it got damaged by an airline, oh, and, it, wow. they, and it got it got damaged beyond uh, pretty much beyond repair. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh no! That story has such a sad ending. I hate to hear that. That's uh, I know. That is the sounds worst. like y'all were superstroke before superstroke with the grips back then. So that's that's good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know what else is awesome? The team at Diffie Ford Lincoln. The Diffie Ford Lincoln team is pleased to announce that they have won the prestigious President's Award for 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it is based on sales and service, and that is what they pride themselves on: service after the sale. The Ford Lincoln brand only gives this award out to the top dealers in the nation and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So whether you're looking for the all new 2021 F-150 or the all new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try. A place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you will never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahoma for 67 years. Looking here, you had 15 trips to Augusta National, best finish T8 in 2003. You had top 10s in all four majors as well as in the Players' Championship. Uh, so you had some great finishes at some of the biggest events in golf. But I'm curious about Augusta. You, you know, what was it like the first time you went to Augusta National? What was it like the last time you teed it up at Augusta National? Because for, for those of us who've never been there and who have never gotten to experience that, that is the, the mecca of golf. It's the ultimate. So what was that like for you getting to go to Augusta so many times? Uh, well, obviously, uh, looking back, it, it, it was a great, it was fantastic. You know, it's it great to be able to do that, obviously. Um, it, it, that would be right there. Uh, I, I guess the Ryder Cup would be 1A and, the, and Augusta would be 1B, and they might both be 1A because the Masters is, is, you know, it's no bull when they say, you know, a tradition like unlike any other because it, it's a totally different uh it's totally different than any other golf tournament you'll ever play in. Um, it's different, obviously, Ryder Cup, because Ryder Cup's a team event, great atmosphere, blah, 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 blah. But Augusta is the biggest tournament in the world you can win. It's in normal times. It's the greatest atmosphere. I know Sam's been there. Heck, Sam, you walked down the couple fairways with me during a practice round. <laughs> I did. How old were you when you did that? That, that actually wasn't at Augusta. That was at uh, Medina. I was like nine years old, and I came oh. out in the fairway. Uh, you were playing with Padraig Harrington and Bob Tway, uh, and uh, 
I think Jim Kane was in that group too in a practice round. And I he Scott called me out in the fairway, and I'm wearing a red shirt. And uh, Scott Scott goes, "Well, you're wearing the wrong color if you want to be successful at golf." Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And you know, I was just kidding. I have a lot of good OU friends, and actually, you know, I helped Quaid. I helped Quaid Cummings with his game, uh, particularly a short game, as much as I can. So I'm 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 good for everybody. <laughs> but um. So, Sam, I thought, I guess maybe it got to you and your dad just uh, walked around. I walked many rounds with Scotty, rounds. too, yeah. watching you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Scott- I guess, you know what? At Augusta, they don't let you inside the rope. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they're a little more strict. Um, yeah. So, uh, speaking of majors, Scott, you have a senior major coming up at Southern Hills. Um, obviously, you have some good course history there. In 2007, you actually played with Tiger uh, when he won there, and you, and fin- you finished tied for ninth. Um, have you been up to Southern Hills since they redid it? And uh, what are your thoughts if you've looked at what they've changed? And then also, what do you think your chances are this year? How's the game? And uh, just talk a little bit about the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. Well, Sam, you know, I, I'm, it's obviously uh, very cool that they're having, you know, a big tournament in the champions tour level where I am, the old, the old people, um, and, and right here close to home. And I have not been to Southern Hills yet. I think I'm going to go, um, in about a month. I'm kind of waiting for the weather and the grass to start growing a little bit. Right. Uh, I don't know if how much good it would do me to go up there, you know, today and, and it's still kind of dry and dormant and all that. But um, I've heard great things about it. I, uh, we were talking about the kids earlier, Quaid and, and Austin. I know they played there this summer, and they both told me it was just impossible. So I'm sure they stretched it out for the, for the kids. Um, but I've heard nothing but, but really good about it. I know it'll be in great shape. Um, it'll be a great – it really works out. I mean, it's a, quite a coup that Southern Hills got the – the PGA championship next year. Right. So it'll be, it'll be a great kind of run through for them, you know, as far as how the course is going to play and how they're, you know, getting spectators back onto the golf course and all that. So um, that's really a great deal for Southern Hills. So I'm excited uh, to go up there and play in that. And I have always really liked the golf course. Uh, I know they've changed it some, but I, I hear great things about it. So I'm looking forward to it. If my body will cooperate, um, I will be raring to go. Uh, it'll be it'll be huge fun to play another major at Southern Hills. What's your preparation look like? Are you playing uh, a couple weeks before? Do they have some senior tournaments uh, leading up to that that you'll play in? Well, you know what the 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 COVID canceled several tournaments on the Champions Tour, so. We had one tournament about a month ago, and we have another one. Uh, our next one is the week after the Masters. So there's quite a break. And then um, leading into the Senior PGA, there's uh, three or four events. And then I think there's a week off, maybe maybe a week off before it, um, somewhere in there. I'm actually doing some television stuff in between that. So I, my schedule is all messed up. But um, anyway... Uh, yeah, I'll be we'll be playing some, and I'll be definitely be playing some, and hopefully my game will be uh, rounding into the form that I feel like I'll need to to compete at Southern Hills. 
Yeah, congratulations on on your TV opportunity, Scott. I know I know you'll make the most of that, and you'll do do a great job. And um, you know, you mentioned earlier that Quaid and Eckert played out there this summer. I believe the tournament they played in was called the Southern Masters or something along those lines. And because um, I had one of my friends played in it as well, and it was um, they tipped it out, tucked it tucked it back. And um, you know, it leads into a good segue because um, in some of our other previous interviews, we've had uh, Taylor Gooch on who finished fifth at the Players Championship. Um, Quaid Cummings, who you mentioned earlier, who you've been helping with, is going to be on the Walker Cup team. Um, we've asked him all this question. It's been a huge talking point in the game of golf with the USGA and RNA talking about distance and dialing the ball back. Kind of give us your take on that because um, I, I believe um, from hearing from Sam that you have some interesting and good ideas that might actually not um, not hinder the game as much as some of us think. Well, gosh, Sam, you're going to have to refresh me on what those are. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but, hey, listen, mo- most of my good ideas get shot down. <laughs> um Oh, you know what? It, I think we're at, a, at kind of an inflection point um, in the game, and guys are just bigger, stronger, faster in golf. Like the, you know, Tiger Woods changed the the physicality and the mentality of of the game. I mean, Jack Nicklaus was a was a freak in his day. He was more athletically capable, and he was bigger and stronger than most of the guys, and he was smarter than everybody else. So that changed the game to a certain, you know, along the way. And then Tiger came along and he could hit it further than everybody else. And he was smarter than everybody else too. So he really changed the game and it kind of made golf cool. So now kids that normally might play football or basketball or baseball are playing golf now. So you're getting these better athletes um, that can maximize the better equipment. So the problem that I see, I mean, I wish I could hit it. 340 yards and I can't I wish I sure say if I could I'd still play the regular tour <laughs> but the problem is that that places you just can't keep going but you'll never be able to go back far enough um it just there's always going to be another person come along that'll hit it further than Bryson DeChambeau you know and and I mean I kind of equated into what if what if uh, LeBron James would have grown up playing golf at six foot eight, two seventy five. Obviously, a tremendous athlete, great hand eye coordination. If he started playing golf when he was three instead of basketball, I mean, he might win every tournament. He might hit it four hundred yards and, and only miss two fairways a day. You know, right? So that just that just diminishes uh, a lot of the skill. That, that for 200 years it's taken to become an elite player. You know, there's, there's all, you know, hitting it far is obviously a huge advantage. Um, but the, the other things are almost, they used to be more important than hitting it far. Now hitting it far seems to be more important. But they're just, the game has changed so much that I think it would be better for the game if it brought some of the skill level and some of the, that's why I was just so impressed. Uh, with with Justin Thomas, he was actually hitting. He was hitting that low snap hook on those two, on two and sixteen off the tee on purpose, which you never see that anymore. Right. I don't know if y'all how it's, close y'all watch. Yeah, it's no. so hard. It's so hard else, to move the modern ball anymore. Yeah, and you know Bryson will go up and hit it over the trees, which is if you you know if you you know if you got them, smoke them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> you know whatever. Yeah. You know, or, or what is it? If you smoke, smoke them if you got them. But, but, but JT, he could hit it over the trees too, but he 
had enough control that uh, on the second hole and the 16th hole, he said, hey, I can hit this kind of low, low sniping hook with my driver, which will be, which is under control and hit it perfect. And he did. And I, I was like, you know, that, that, that's how, that's Tiger Woods golf right there. That was, Tiger was the last guy that I remember being able to, to dial up a shot like that in that kind of pressure. It's just not his normal shot is to hit like a low, low, basically like a toe, low toe hook with a driver because it fits the hole perfect. Um, but anyway, so the, the, there just needs to be, I don't know if it's, you stop the equipment guys, but it's, there needs to be some tweaks. The ball probably needs to spin more so that if you do hit it as hard as some of these guys do and they get it offline, it really goes offline, you know, and it brings, narrows the golf courses back up a little bit if you put more spin on the ball. Right. And then I don't know what, Sam, I can't remember for sure, but I always just felt like the Augusta National, they could just say, hey, here's the Masters golf ball. And if you want to play and try to win the Masters tournament, you're going to have to play with the equipment that uh, we've relegated that you got to play with at our golf course because they, you know, they can go back as far as anybody. They buy more land and have more ability to change than anybody in golf. But, but you got to, you know, you get to a point where, you know, the guys playing the tips today, um, Bryson, Justin Thomas, they don't play the same game that everybody else is playing. Golf is golf has been uh, separated from the average player to the top tier more in the last five years than it's ever been, and it's just—I mean—it's just because of the distance. I mean, you, know, you got to put Bryce at 100 yards behind everybody else, or they're not even playing the same golf course. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to to make the decision, but hopefully things will—you know—golf's at a at a pretty high point now because of. So many more people have started playing golf in the last because of this pandemic um, that you don't want to ruin it for the masses, but you probably need to limit the uh, bring bring a little more of the original golf skill back into the game at the top level. Absolutely. Great stuff there, Scott. And why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break and come back on the other side? And we're going to hear about the Scott and Kim Verplank Foundation, uh, as well as talk a little bit of Oklahoma State basketball. Having some fun here with Scott Verplank, an Oklahoma golf legend. Stay with us on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
Welcome back. Rolling along here with Scott Verplank, Oklahoma golf legend on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We talked about the 2021 Senior PGA Championship coming up at Southern Hills in May. Make sure you prepare yourself for the uh, preview edition, Golf Oklahoma preview edition. Major edition coming out for the Senior PGA, the KitchenAid Senior PGA at Southern Hills this May. All right, Scott, we appreciate you joining us today. And, you know, I I just wanted to know, you obviously uh, were diagnosed with type one diabetes at a very young age. That's been a very important part of your life, uh, a very important part of your career and and things you've dealt with along the way. And I know that you and your wife have started the Scott and Kim Verplank Foundation. So just talk us through what it was like getting that started, kind of what you all do and and how people can help. Well, um, we did start that uh, nine years ago and we started raising money. I have a little golf tournament to raise money. Um, I have some great... uh, sponsors and, and board members that have really helped and we we put we give uh, type 1 diabetic kids college scholarships so we've been able to uh, let's see we've given away about 45 well actually we've given away more than that we have well right now we have 34 people in college that are on some sort of scholarship from us and we've had about we've had uh, over 30 kids that have already graduated that's, that's um, that is just awesome. That have been on scholarship, so it's just expensive. Uh, um, being a diabetic, it, it's expensive to take care of yourself. It's hard on the mom and dad. Um, it's a burden on family, and I just kind of felt like you know, every, uh, honestly, every charity and every everybody wants to raise money to find the cure for this, that, and the other. And I just felt like you know, I want to do something that makes a difference today. So <clears throat> we decided, hey, I think it's really important to get educated particularly more so today than ever. Um, and I think it's really important to stay active and, and to try and try to take care of yourself. So those are the three criteria that we use. Um, you don't have to play golf or anything like that, but you have to be, you have to play some sport and you got to make, you got to make A's and B's, but mainly all these kids make straight A's. It's unbelievable. But we've been very lucky that we've been able to help and we've got some great kids and hopefully they'll go on and do great things and be able to do a lot more than I can do. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. That's fantastic. Uh, Before we get you out of here, last one. Uh, I'm an OSU guy. My dad went to OSU. I went to OSU. OSU, March Madness starts this Friday. I I think they got hosed on the seed as a four seed. Do you pay much attention to it, and are you picking the pokes to go all the way? Um, Well, I've been paying a little bit more attention to it because of the Cunningham kid. He's so – I mean, he's, he's, he's special. Um, it's fun to watch. I love the coach they have. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, they probably did get hosed on the seed, but I, you know, listen, if you try to, if you try to figure out what those people are thinking, <laughs> then <laughs> listen, you're way ahead of me then. Cause I, there's no telling, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't know if they can go all the way, but I, I would sure like them to win a couple games, uh, and get to play Illinois. That would be pretty cool in my opinion. And then they'll just, you know, then it's a, then it's a crap shoot. But you got to get through that first weekend. Hopefully, uh, the rest of the team's pretty good. Kate is exceptional. Um, they, if they get it all together, then hopefully they'll they'll go away. Yeah, it's going to yep. be a blast, Scott. You're the man. We appreciate you joining us. Best of luck going forward. I appreciate yeah. it a lot, Scott. Thanks for the time. Yep. Go win the 2021 um, uh, KitchenAid <clears throat> P- uh, Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills for us. We want we want to know who to bring it home. 
That would be awesome. I could have KitchenAid stuff all over my house. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Scott, we appreciate you. Take care, yep. my man. You got it. Thanks, guys. That was Oklahoma golf legend Scott Verplang joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Great to have Scott with us. He's accomplished so much in the game of golf over the last 30, coming up on 40 years, one of the best amateur careers in the history of the game, and a great professional career to go along with it. Glad he could join us, and he'll be in the Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills here in the month of May. Keep your eyes out for the Golf Oklahoma Preview Edition, previewing everything about the KitchenAid 2021 Senior PGA Championship. If you need to know it, it will be in that preview edition coming your way from Golf Oklahoma. Also, make sure you go ahead and get your tickets to the Senior PGA. It's going to be a phenomenal event. There will be some local guys there, namely Scott Verplank, that you can be rooting for, as well as some of the big names around the game of golf that will also give you a higher priority as you head into next year's PGA Championship if you were on the list for the Senior PGA. So get all that done and make sure that you are set for that tournament, which is now just two months away. Thanks again to Scott Verplank for joining us today and thanks to everyone for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>